You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with a woman of too many talents to list. She's an entrepreneur, a writer, street style photographer, and founder of Gem App. It's a wonderful search engine for all online vintage clothing. I love it. We are joined today by Lisa Jokinen. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sam and Chill. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, we owe you. We talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but it's a good thing that emails don't take video because the amount of <laughs> freaking out that we did when we got your email on our website to find out more about us for Gem App, I was like, oh my God. I <laughs> we, yeah, it was the whole like, no, what? Huh? <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Isn't it like too good to be true? Yes. yes. And, the, and <laughs> I so the first thing I did was Google. I was like, okay, what is this? Gem app. Is this legit? Is this a scam? Is she going to steal my identity? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> and then when we looked it up, we were like, how do we not know about this yet? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Also, I was I had a little bit of like, I'm not cool enough for this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But so well, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that uh, we discovered each other. <laughs> yes, very yes. Much. And I will say, as a plus size woman, finding vintage clothing is next to impossible uh, for a couple reasons. To find it at a good price that hasn't been like price gouged, because people know vintage plus size clothing is hard to find. And the amount of time I have to spend going over websites to find one item of clothing. When I typed in plus size into the gem app, I was scrolling for so long and I was just like, this is so cool. This is so cool and so inclusive to just, I just, we'll, we'll talk more about gem app at the end of the show, but as a plus size person and a person that shops in the vintage community, thank you for creating a landing spot. That's so perfect. Really? Well, my pleasure. <laughs> well, the app is obviously something that I always wanted to have in my life and there wasn't anything like that. And I was wondering why there isn't. So then we decided to make it. And with we, I mean me, myself and my husband. Which I love that it was a collaborative effort between the two of you to create this piece. And I want to talk about your early childhood because for our listeners can obviously tell that you are not American. You're from Finland. Are you from Helsinki or are you from somewhere else in Finland? Tell us about your childhood. Yeah, so I'm actually from somewhere else. I'm from a small town of 80, 100,000 people. Uh, it's called Pori and it's on the west coast of Finland. And some of the cool things that we have in Pori is the longest beach in Finland. Ooh. It's several miles long and it's super beautiful and very child-friendly. <laughs> so that's where I spent my childhood and where I grew up uh, with my family, mom and dad, and then my uh, bigger sister. And when I started studying, I first moved to Tampere, which is a university town, not too far from Pori. And But eventually I ended up in Helsinki, which is the capital of Finland, and that's where I have spent now, uh, I would say, half of my life. Mm. 
Well, and I just from somebody who has only learned about Finland through textbooks, Helsinki to me has always seemed kind of like at the top of pop culture, like really within its own country trend driven. Is that correct? A correct assumption for me to make? Well, for me, of course, like Helsinki is absolutely the coolest city in the world. <laughs> and I think part of uh one thing that makes it super exciting is that it's between Sweden and Russia. So we always had kind of like our own culture. We are part of Scandinavia, part of all Nordic countries, but still we have like more, maybe more Eastern vibe. Mm -hmm. And then I think there is always this like Finnish mentality about very strong feel of independence and we want to just do our own thing. And I think that for example, shows in the way that we dress up. We want to have our like distinctive personal styles. And young kids in Helsinki, they are so trend-wise. They absolutely know what's going on in the world. <laughs> and they know, you know, what's cool and what's not. But then they are able to create their own versions of those trends. And it's mostly with secondhand items and vintage items. I I love that because I feel like it that's just starting in the US like growing up as a thrifter and like doing those things because we had to out of necessity like it was still not cool to wear thrifted clothing like you were still trying to find what everybody else was wearing mm -hmm. at a thrift store so finding stuff on trend in a thrift store for kind of throwaway fashion is next to impossible to do and that's what I've always loved just about like European countries in general style wise with the youth and teenagers always seemed like light years ahead of the United States and especially the towns that we're from like Jill grew up as a military brat. Yeah. So you're moving and seeing different stuff all the time. But I grew up in a town of 4000 people where it's very conservative and everybody just wears the same things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no um individuality and yeah. I really here in the small towns it seems that way like everybody is just trying to fit in and nobody wants to stand out and I think that's why I love European fashion and especially in Helsinki where they're just like I don't care I'm comfortable this mm -hmm. is my style this is me and you can see the confidence that just oozes from them knowing that nobody else dresses like yeah. them yeah you describe it uh, so well <laughs> how, how like young Helsinkians want to dress up but uh, what you just told me about small towns in the U.S., I've heard the story like so many times because I started taking street style photos for my Hell Looks website in 2005. And most like we had so many followers from the small towns in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And we got we still get messages from people who for whom Hell Looks was like such an important part of their daily or it was like always Sunday routine when we mm -hmm. posted new photos. But it was like a, like a, I don't know, fresh of, bit of fresh air or, you know, mm -hmm. just something that they was, they were always looking forward when we were uploading new photos. And of course, like, it's pretty amazing to live in the US now. And actually, sometimes I meet those people in the street very randomly. And they're like, and then <gasps> we, then we hug each other. And it's, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, cause I know, like, when we got the internet in our house and you could go on and you were like transported to other parts in the world and how other people were living. Cause I think we all as children, we think everybody in lives in their house the way we live in our house and dresses and talks and does and all these things. 
and then being influenced by pop culture when I was in middle school and junior high, I went like turned all the way around and went the opposite direction. And I was wearing combat boots and boy shorts and suspenders and all this stuff and ties to school. I was playing with androgyny before I knew it was a thing. <laughs> so I started to dress kind of in a way that well, definitely in a way that nobody in my town was dressing and people were making all these assumptions and assertions about who I was, but I, and I still dress this way. I dress, I, I say my style is like a four year old (laughs) (laughs) and Jill's known me for a long time. So she's seen it, but it's the, the four year old mentality of like, I want to mix prints. I want to mix patterns. I want to mix colors. And then I also love to wear all black or I also love to wear shapeless stuff. Like those types of things. And I don't know, I was just rambling about it, but it was, oh, because of seeing stuff on the internet of what was acceptable somewhere else and it was okay, feels like it widens your circle. And even if it's not acceptable in your own home or town or wherever, hmm. like somewhere somebody would think this outfit was bitching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether I see yeah. them or not. It's so important to us to find like a similar minded people who would understand our style choices. So, mm-hmm. and if it's not in your little town, but on the internet, right, it's, it's, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Right. It's very true. I was, um, I was struck by something. I was listening to another podcast you were on and read through a couple of different interviews and I was struck by something in Finnish culture, which we all know that like, um, Scandinavians and Finns and things like that are very minimalist and we kind of, it's a whole design aesthetic. But what I didn't understand or had never heard was the passing down of clothing generationally in Finland. Is that a thing or is that just something your family did? Hmm. Well, our family certainly did it. I know that many other families do it too, but uh, I cannot say that every family would do that. But I think it's in our culture to appreciate like anything material that we own. So it's like when something breaks down, you have a look at it that, okay, can, can I fix this or could I use this for something else? Mm-hmm. That I think those are the first thoughts that come to my mind when something breaks down. And I think maybe this is less nowadays because there is so much wealth nowadays. There was too much of everything. But if we talk about, especially like my grandparents' parents generation and my parents' generation, they would definitely really like keep everything and try to like reuse it and also try to fix and mend things themselves. Well, and I think a lot of it too, and obviously your family was a lot closer to war efforts than our families were in the United States. But I think generationally speaking, people that were born between the 30s and late 50s were born into that scarcity mentality because things were so scarce for so long. It was kind of like, don't get caught with your pants down. Just be prepared to have the stuff that you need. Because I remember my grandparents always doing the same thing of like, don't throw it away, fix it, find somebody to repair it, do what you need to do with it or make it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think there is that mentality, which is like, uh, comes from uh, scarcity like war effort, like you mentioned, but then there is the new, the new generation. I think people of my age and especially younger generation who are so much into sustainability mm-hmm. and that's why they would rather borrow than buy, you know, you are not buying a car if you don't really need it. Like 
mm-hmm. every day and you really think twice or like about your shopping choices. Yeah. And that's, I still, even though, you know, obviously as you get a little bit older, sometimes you get a little bit comfier and you have a little bit more money, but I still prefer to buy secondhand or used or vintage because I know it's going to withhold its value and obviously continue probably working in my house. Yeah. For me, it's just always been so much more fun. Like if I need something new for my kitchen, like when we moved from Helsinki to San Francisco, um, so seven years ago, we of course needed like many new things because we didn't want to ship everything. Oh yeah, you know across the the world. Yeah, yeah. felt a bit silly. Like, literally the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So of course I went to trip stores to buy to see you know if I can find my rugs or anything from there. It's just my mm. first choice always. Well, and don't you love the treasure hunting aspect of like finding something you've seen elsewhere that you didn't ever think like normally you couldn't afford it but finding something is part of the thrill but like treasure hunting yeah and when we came here from finland and see like the visual culture is so different i didn't really like realize of course i didn't think about mm-hmm. this before moving here but when i uh, first visited like thrift stores and flea markets and for example alameda flea market in uh in oakland or is it alameda but anyway in in east bay I was like mind blown because everything looked so new to me. Like I would never find those exact things when I went drifting in Finland. And it was just so much fun. Like kind of like starting my drifting all over again. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. Because I was, I, I'm sure Jill's very curious too about the differences between reselling thrifting over there versus over here. What is like the stark differences that speak to you? What do you see the differences? Um, I think like, is it more in Finland? Is it a lot like older stuff that people are like, okay, I have absolutely no use for this anymore. Let's get rid of it. Where in the American culture, it's because something new has come and it's like, well, I better get rid of all this old shit in my house. That's really just three years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to point out, uh, point the differences. Um, I think the like the most like the biggest difference that strikes me is it's more like visual, like style that I can see. Like uh in Finland all the like let's say like old vintage plates and cups like that, they would be more like minimal and Scandinavian in does in design, really like uh functional. Mm-hmm. But here it would be maybe more decorative. Yeah or more chunky, like heavy. And in Finland, you would be like, we don't want to have the coffee mug shouldn't be this heavy. It's not like functional. It should be, you know, mm-hmm. thinner and more comfortable to hold and so on. So I, those were the biggest differences. And yeah, and another difference is like the abundance of everything that you have here or we have here in the States. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like there is so much of everything. Like yeah. so many styles and so many decades available and I can spot and find more older stuff here than in Finland. Hmm, interesting. When did you like, was thrifting and collecting always something you did for clothing? Or do you remember a time in your life where you really started to find like a whole interest inside of thrifting for your clothing? 
Well, I think I started to love uh, secondhand clothing and vintage like when I was a very little kid, like even like a baby, <laughs> because uh, I always had hand-me-down clothes from my sister, of course, because she was a uh, year, year and 10 months older than me. But also even from my mother, I would wear my mother's old clothes and they were like something super special to me. And I, I was like really proud of them because no one else had those clothes. Mm. Also, uh, I was teased about them at school. So it was not easy to be different <laughs> when yeah. I was like 10 years old or something. Mm. But And then my mother really, she made like a lot of clothes for us because there weren't like so many, too many stores where we lived. And I think I had a very particular taste always. So I would like point out, like, I want to have this fabric and, you know, this kind of thing. And then I would just may force my mother to <laughs> make it. Yeah. But at some point I realized that uh, I can actually go thrifting and find like fun items mm -hmm. so that then my mother doesn't need to make them anymore. But I can't really remember like how old I was. Maybe I was like 13, 14 years old. I would say. Yeah. I, uh, we have like the same mother. My mom made so, I'm her only daughter and she made so much clothing for me. And still to this day, I'll be like, I'll call her and go, mom, I found this pattern for a jumpsuit. Um, and I have this fabric. Are you doing anything? And she's like, Samantha, <laughs> stop. She's like, learn it yourself. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. forever in the camp of, I don't want what anybody else has. And so making clothing is like the ultimate, like, well, sorry, it's this couture. Yeah. My mom yeah. couture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And eventually I started making clothes myself too when I, when I was like old enough to, to make them. And then I would force my mother to teach me, <laughs> like yell at her when everything was not like super perfect. Mm -hmm. But then at some point I realized that I will never be like a really good like seamstress because mm -hmm. it annoyed me if ever if I I even make like coats and jackets that had linings and they are of course like super complicated and hard yeah. to make perfect so that the lining doesn't go like yeah like I don't know how spiral. to describe it in words uh, yeah. yeah spiral yes <laughs> uh and then I was like, okay I'm just producing waste like these are like these uh failed attempts to make items so I need to toss them and I was too ashamed to you know donate them to, mm. to a thrift store so that was a problem and then I started thrifting more because I was like hey I can find this like ready-made and I don't yeah. need to pro you know, produce this waste <laughs> <laughs> right. and when I yeah and I remember I was I was trying to sell like something that I made myself and people were really like oh no it's self-made it was like considered worthless at that time so that also, like, I think affected me very strongly. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I'm not going to uh, make clothes for myself anymore. If no one is going to appreciate them, if mm -hmm. I cannot, like, recycle or sell them to someone else. Mm. Right. So that's how the drifting really yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think it starts for a lot of people out of necessity. I think the generation below us, like the kids that are just coming out of high school, I think to them, it's just a new form of shopping where I think everybody kind of above that, you were just like, well, I can't get this anywhere else. I don't have the money to go get something. Let's go to a thrift store or a resale store and try and find anything, really. Because if, if you can't buy it brand new, chances are you'll find it in a thrift store. Yeah. Oh, I have a very nice memory of those early days of thrifting. 
I managed to spot in our local newspaper like a tiny announcement of a local like a, a I think it was like a, some kind of charity, maybe a church, but they had like their yearly <sighs> sale. And you could go, it was Friday afternoon that they opened and you could go and fill one plastic bag and that cost like 10 Finnish marks. So this was before Euro uh, and uh, 10 Finnish marks would be now like less than two euros. So I would say like two dollars on one plastic bag. And you know, I remember the feeling like when I saw the announcement and I was like, really anxious the whole day sitting at school like trying to like keep my mouth shut because I didn't want to tell anyone right I was like, okay, this is gonna be my stash <laughs> and then I like crossed home took my bike and I biked you know to the outside of the city and had my plastic bag filled and, and I had and I had like those I think I had like three or four really cool cardigans like 60s cardigans oh. In crazy colors, like really bright colors. They were amazing. And I had them for years, like maybe even for 15 years. Because uh, I, I remember when I sold one of them to a friend of mine. This was maybe 10 years ago. So, <laughs> oh, so wow. I um, would love to say that I've never held on to a cardigan that long, but I would be lying. Yeah, I. I love a good cardigan. Uh -huh. It's like my weakness. Well, and like my first like step into vintage fashion was grandma fashion. Like lots of heavy textures and bedazzling and See, and I liked the grandpa fashion. Like I liked the flannels and the car like the grandpa sweaters and mm -hmm. yeah, and if I could fit some pants, I was super excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember both, both of those cases. <laughs> I've been through it all, yes. And at like a church rummage sale is really a goldmine for any type of collecting. Yeah, that's the best. It's like, a, oh my God, I, I, I can, I, sometimes I dream about those sales, mm -hmm. really. Because I think people have two forms of guilt when they donate to a rummage sale. They're guilty because if they donate like too much garbage, they're going to feel bad and maybe a little <laughs> sinful and two, there's going to be parishioners from their church there, so they can't just donate their garbage. That's true. I never thought of it that Do way. Do you think that's, is that the rummage I, sale yeah. mindset? Because I always loved going to the church wins because they always had the best stuff. The best. But now that you say it like that, like, yeah, that's probably exactly why. Just a little sprinkling of guilt, godly guilt. <laughs> just take a little bit of that. Yeah. No, you can go ahead and donate all of those books, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> but we know you collect Pendleton blankets and you have too many. And this is helping the, the youth Bible camp, Susan. So that's why is that I'm I'm going to make it. That's what it is. As so gavel closed. <laughs> that's that's mm -hmm. to be it. Yeah. And it is. It's always like the fill a bag, fill a bag of. Oh. Yeah, and you don't want to tell anybody, but at the same time, you want to tell everybody. Mm -hmm. I would always yeah. tell people after I got mm -hmm. my stuff. I'd be yeah, like, hey. because you have to, because you're wearing the new stuff, and your <laughs> friends are like, oh my God, a new cardigan every, every like, week, please, where did you get them? Posing, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, 
It was Is 50 there cents. a new thrift store I, in town? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, no. I um, was out of town at a church rubbish oh. site. Oh, yeah. A distant relative. Yeah. yeah. No, that's right. It was my great uncle. He didn't want it anymore. Yeah. So he just so passed they, it down. So they just, you know, gave it to yeah. me. Oh, this whole thing? 50 cents. A dollar. Three I know. Dollars. I always loved that, too, because I had friends that had to have brand new name brand, you know, full price. And they would look at me like, oh, my gosh, I love that. How much was it? Where'd you get it? And I'd be like, at the thrift store for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Like the hunt and like the cost was like a high for me. And it still is. Mm -hmm. Anytime I can get something for like under a dollar, like 50 cents when they do those, like take everything. It's like, oh, my gosh, heaven. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. One dollar uh, later in my life when I when I thought this church thing happened when I still lived in Pori, but then. When I moved to Helsinki, uh, so we have this uh, thrift store chain called UFF, UFF, where everybody shops. Like, it's crowded with teenagers nowadays, <laughs> especially when they have the new collection. They have, mm. like, long lines outside. Oh, wow. But when I moved to Helsinki and I was really into, I guess that was my granny period. <laughs> 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 Anything glitter, sequins, you know, mm-hmm. sparkle, talk to me. So, uh, oof, they always have like seasonal sales. So first everything is maybe like eight euros and then it goes down until the last Saturday. Everything is for one euro. Oh, crap. And we would always go there with my friend. And I feel like we were the only like younger ones there. It was mostly like Russian ladies <laughs> because I think they crossed the border and they came to Helsinki to shop probably for their relatives or, or maybe they lived in Finland, but. We were really like the only young younger ones there, and oh my god, we we really shocked. <laughs> we would buy like everything. Uh, <laughs> that was crazy. Well, I'm willing to like if I buy something that's seasonal on sale, I'll sit on it for a year, mm-hmm. and then when the time comes and I can put that garment on, I'm like, yeah, this I know, it's cool. I know that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I got a new winter coat and I paid like 30 bucks for it. And it was like regular 300. And so I put it on. They're like, oh, where'd you get that? And I'm like, last year. Mm-hmm. You can't have this one this year. <laughs> this is yeah, this is mine. When you um, when you came to the United States, was just the differences in general really stark from Finland to the United States, like street fashion wise? Was oh. it where you because I'm sure you were used to looking for. Helsinki type fashion and then you come to California in the bay and now you're like oh now I have to fill out kind of this American cultural fashion in this area okay I would <laughs> say everything is different here <laughs> like so many things yeah <laughs> but maybe um maybe I don't want to list them all because that would take the whole podcast <laughs> but if we if we talk about the street style so you know before we moved to California I had some friends who they said to me that, Lisa, it's going to be suicidal for you. You are not going to find anything to photograph there because, you know, people don't dress up in San Francisco. It's only sneakers and flip-flops and hoodies <laughs> and down coats. <laughs> but I was like, uh-huh, okay, interesting. But I just didn't want to believe them. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to prove them wrong. And I think I succeeded. So I just decided to, you know, see what is it about. And I think I was able to find pretty cool styles in San Francisco too. 
because mm-hmm. there is still a very strong vintage community there. So, yes. Yeah. And overall, I think that uh, no matter where you go, even like a tiny town, you can always find someone who has, who has like a great personal style. Mm-hmm. There is always someone. Yeah, I will agree with that wholeheartedly. And when you started your street style photography, what was, did you just go, okay, somebody has to document these looks. How did that start for you? Because you were doing it before it was a thing. Like they were doing it in Japan, in some like in England and London and things like that. But what what made you jump to that as your, not necessarily the occupation, well, occupation now, but your hobby? Sweden. but yeah this is a true story though uh so uh in summer this was summer 2005 and we were visiting stockholm with my husband then boyfriend now husband and we went to this uh big music festival called accelerator and i think many people when like finnish people when we visit stockholm or sweden we were like oh my god these weeds they are like always so stylish like everybody has like such a perfect look and that's what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, my God, why didn't I take my camera with me? Because I could have, you know, photographed these people. Because I think they look pretty interesting. And maybe it could be a story for a Finnish magazine to article about, like, street style in Stockholm. But then came the second day at the same festival. And I was like, oh, my God, they actually look all exactly the same. <laughs> Then I realized that uh, there are these written or unwritten rules that you kind of had to follow to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then I realized how fun and colorful Helsinki actually is. And today that we got back to Helsinki, I think we started taking photos without like any bigger plan how to publish them or how long we would, you know, continue taking them. It, First, it was just an idea for a fun, like, summer holiday project. Mm. But uh, we got such a good feedback. And right from the beginning, like, a lot of followers, thanks to the small towns in the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then we just kept going. So I was doing it uh, with my boyfriend, husband, uh, for the couple of first years. But uh, now now the whole street starting, it's 100% my own project. <laughs> He's doing yeah. other things now. <laughs> so... How do you, do you like see somebody really great and you're like the whole time walking up to them, like how am I going to ask this person to take their picture? Or do you pass somebody and you're like, shit, I should have taken their picture. And then you turn around and chase them down. What does it uh, look like? It, it's both actually. <laughs> Sometimes I pass by and I'm like, wait a minute, what did I just miss? And of course it's quite often that I'm on my phone and then I'm not like paying attention. I just see like a glimpse of like fun color story, you know, mm-hmm. and then I need to run after them. But I usually always have the camera with me because, you know, you never know when you're going to find something fun. And But I also purposefully, like, take my so-called camera walks where I just go out and do my little rounds. We now I live in Williamsburg here in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. So this is a pretty cool neighborhood to take street style photos. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of middle of everything. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always taking photos. Yeah, we looked through your pictures. We were going through, and <laughs> the whole time we're like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. I love that. Oh, I'm going to do that. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like the the things that, like the younger generation and even our generation now, the, the way they put patterns together, like different patterns and different stripes. And 
all this other like when I was younger, it was like, no, you can't do that mm. kind of stuff. And now it's just a free for all. And it's so refreshing to see that there's no rules. Mm-hmm. These made up rules are don't they don't belong anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's I think it's just so fun and inspiring. And for me, like taking street style photos, of course, it's more inspiring than opening like a Vogue magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't buy any magazines anymore because I don't need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I want to have inspiration for my own style, well, I, then I just take more photos. <laughs> yeah. Or then I uh, sometimes I open the Fruits magazine. I don't know if you are familiar with that one. Uh-huh. It's a Japanese street style magazine. Oh, and that was also one of the big inspirations for me to start my own project. Oh, Japanese I can, street style. Yeah, is- they, so yeah, good best best i can i can open like any magazine and then i just you know flip through and like okay that's going to be my outfit and I, I just pick up like one idea from from mm-hmm. a photo and then i then i you know continue from there have you always been so free with your own personal styling or did photographing street style really just like break all the rules away of fashion for you <laughs> oh no it's just I'm laughing because I am memorizing my some of my <laughs> horrible outfits. <laughs> We've all done it. Yeah. We've all done We've it. All yeah, those. I think I've always been pretty free with my with my style. Like I've had phases when I thought that the crazier the better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I had like I followed no rules and now I can look at those outfits like, oh my god, that's not like maybe the best one. But I think I'm now back at the, this as crazy as it can be, period, meaning that uh, I don't want to think about, for example, how old I am when I dress up. I just mm. want to wear things that make me feel happy and fun. And if I see someone in the street wearing something fun and I love it, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I want to be that cool too. And then I'm going to, you know, hunt down that item and mm-hmm. wear it too. Uh, lately, for example, I've been really into those like fleece bucket hats that, that oh. young kids like to wear. Mm-hmm. And th- you can see them at the stores too. But uh, of course, you know, I would never buy a new one. Yeah. No, I, for me, everything needs to be secondhand, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I've been like uh, hunting down them. And now that we have Chemap, it's pretty easy. And I think I have my uh, new fleece bucket down at our post box. Oh, no. yay! Yes. Yeah. And it has some like wild horses, oh. like wild horse print. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the funny thing is that I was thinking, okay, if it's like, if it doesn't fit my head or if, you know, if it looks weird on my head, I'm going to donate it to my niece who is 11, 11 years old and I'm 46 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, we have like the same <laughs> style. <laughs> but I think that's the coolest thing ever. I love that that's fantastic (laughs) that's so great i think and i mean we can discuss fashion and style together and i'm and uh, sometimes when i'm thinking like should i buy this i can send a link to her and she can reply (laughs) she'll tell you if it's cool or not yeah yes (laughs) i think that usually it is is. (laughs) i was gonna say is it she's like this is cool yeah because last last summer she said to me that oh lisa i wish that i would i'm gonna be as fashionable as you are when i get old and you're like well i can die now because she thinks i'm cool yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I love that. I, um, I just crossed over with my little brother who just turned 16 into the not cool. So I'm not cool right now to him, (laughs) which is funny to me because I'm like, I'm very cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your sister's really cool. But he, I always, I work as a hairdresser and I always remind women because I think that style rules are really arbitrary and stupid and broken and they're just kind of a way to control women. It's that patriarchal bullshit all over again. Because a lot of some women go, well, I can't have short hair. My husband likes it long. And I go, oh, does your husband style it in the morning for you? That's really nice. And then they look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, he does it. Then why does he get to have an opinion on your hair? Exactly. Like, and that's the thing. Like I've always broke the rules of like, especially being plus size. Like there's lots of rules I should follow fashion wise to make my body appealing to the male gaze or to other people's gaze. Like, and the only person that we need to, like, please, style-wise, it's ourselves. Because if I wear something that I like and I feel happy, uh, you know, it naturally makes my husband happy too. And the same Mm -hmm. goes for, like, your hairdos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. You should just find the things that you like and stick to that. Don't listen to anyone else. No. Yeah, and that... I really came into that process like maybe five years ago where it because I when I turned 40 I was like why am I dressing like a 40 year old like that's not my style like I my mom would get on me that I'd still wear the short shorts but the way my legs and my body Mm -hmm. is proportioned the short shorts look better on me than Mm -hmm. a longer one so why would I wear something that I don't feel good in? Mm-hmm. And I really put that down to my kids. I always tell them, whatever makes you feel good is what you should wear. And my daughter right now, she has like an amazing sense of style. Really? She, she does. is. Wow. She makes her own rules and she'll even come to me and she'll be like, what do you think of this? And I said, do you feel comfortable? Do you like it? She's like, yeah, I do. But and I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, there's no buts. If you like it, you feel good. We're going to wear it. And so we we now are where we're kind of she's stealing my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> no, I need to be that mom that you don't like my style because she came and she's like, oh, is this a new sweatshirt? Can I borrow it? And I'm like, no, no, stop mm-hmm. taking. She's like, we're about the same size. <laughs> like, Get out of my room. Get out. Go away. <laughs> do you think that do you think that fashion houses and by fashion houses, I mean the ones that we look at in Vogue and things like that. Do you think that they're starting to lose their grip on society as the trend setters of what they want the trends to be? And it's now coming into this, like make fashion, whatever you want it to be. I feel like fashion's a lot freer now of really creating your own aesthetic. Well, I think so too. Uh, But, um, I think still we look up to fashion houses because they are like they have long histories and you know everybody knows them and I do like appreciate what like some brands do because mm-hmm. some of them are like super inspiring and they come up with new ideas and for example like every new Gucci campaign I love because you know because it's so vintage mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah vintage style uh, vintage vibey and it's fun so um, I think it's also, you know, it's both and, you know, it's not mm. totally that fashion houses would, you know, collapse and vanish and die. No, no, they will still exist. But maybe they need to listen to their customers more mm-hmm. to be like really on, on the pulse of uh, what we want. And, mm. you know, regarding like sizing and gender, especially mm-hmm. so you can't yeah. just produce like something that is 
men for men and this is for me, women. No, no, you, yeah, it yeah. needs to be non-gendered and they need to be more size inclusive and mm-hmm. yes, things like that. Yeah, it was like just I've been plus size my entire life and I there were obvious parts of my life that I couldn't shop at certain places and that was even before I was really technically plus size plus size it was a regular like size 12 to 14 and I couldn't it was just like out of the question to shop places and now these these places that are going oh we have this extended plus size and I'm like well that's great but I don't want to wear a bag like I, I still yeah. want stuff like, with shape. Yeah, just because mm. you're a plus size doesn't mean you're like don't want style. Like that's what it's yeah. always. Mm-hmm. Well, and then a lot of people they always get weird too when you have to size up. Yeah, like I CrossFit, and so my thighs are way bigger than my waist, and so I always have to fit pants to my thighs than my waist, and I always have to size up, and it's never bothered me like some mm-hmm. of my friends where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a I'm a size bigger. And it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. You look adorable. Like as long as you're cute and you feel good. I just, I hate that the size is such a big mm-hmm. stigma on most people. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just wear what's comfortable. Yeah. And cute. Yes. <laughs> what makes you feel good? I wanted to talk about a couple of interesting, uh, fashion places that are strictly Finnish that we've all seen, but I didn't know the name of them until I got your email. And of course I'm talking about Mary Mecco and those Finnish influences. I adore them. Did you grow up collecting some Mary Mecco stuff? Does your mom wear Mary Mecco? I think everyone in Finland wears Mary (laughs) Mecco. (laughs) At least they have like Mary Mecco towels or bed linen. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's part of, it's a big part of our culture. And that's why some people really hate it too, because the most famous prints, like the poppy print, uh, it's been all over the place. So some people start started to hate it because, you know, when you see it too much. But yeah. I think we all, when I was growing up, uh, yes, I definitely had my Marimekko stripe search. And when I started thrifting, I would actually buy every Marimekko piece that I could see. Because I understood that they are valuable and they were, you know, uh, like pretty rare. And I would always, I could, you know, wear them for a long time and they were classic and they were always fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I accumulated uh, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still but, uh, have that collection? Yeah. So most of my uh, clothes are actually now in Finland because we still have an apartment and home there. But uh I'm wearing some of them now for you, actually. Oh. <laughs> These are both Marimekkos. <laughs> so uh, I always uh, take some Marimekkos with me when we come back to New York from our time in Finland. So we usually go there back for summer. And what I'm wearing now, you can see it's all stripes. Mm-hmm. So that's very Marimekko. I'm, I think I mentioned stripes already three times. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, this is one of the classic prints uh, by Vuokko uh, Eskolin Nurmesniemi. She was the first uh, hired fashion designer for uh, oh. Mary Mekko. And she worked for Mary Mekko for some years and then launched her own label. Oh, wow. Cool. I saw her name written, but I, of course, could never say it. <laughs> yeah. Vuokko. Yeah. So Mary Mekko and Vuokko, they are like both of my really favorite Finnish labels ever. And what else should I tell you And you're you wearing, about? you have, it's like black and white stripe with ruffles. Is it a dress or a top? Okay, so I'm wearing, uh, 
it's called it's like a pinafore dress oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay. it has buttons at the back but i always wear it the other way around so that i can keep the uh lower part of the dress open oh. and it comes with a cute pocket two pockets at the back so you can put your hands in your pockets cute. on top of your butt <laughs> it's fun <laughs> <laughs> and this the dress that i'm wearing it's black and white but you can also see it is coming in different colorways. Mm. Uh, the other common one is red and white. Oh, mm. love that! And this stripe uh, you can see, you can see it is in other garments too that Woko has designed. For example, her very famous Yoka Poika Paita. Mm -hmm. It it used to be like a stable garment for architects in this late sixties and seventies. Also here in the US, oh, and right. it's very similar to the piece that I'm wearing underneath. So it's a button-up cotton uh, stripe shirt, and it has come in countless colorways. They always so it's still in production. It's like a Mary Mako classic. Oh wow! Oh. It's been in production ever since, and I think every year they come up with new colorways. Oh, I love that. Oh, and I it's so it. yeah. it's like this soft pink with this almost like kelly green stripe yes so uh the shirt it's not yoga poika so this is something else and actually this was gifted for me by a friend who saw this at the flea market and thought that this pink and green combination is my colors and that's 100 percent right <laughs> these are my colors and what the funny thing is that i actually this used to be probably a jumpsuit so somebody just Cut it in the middle, which is of course uh, uh, like a, it's a crime. Yeah, you, yeah. Shouldn't, you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't cut garments, vintage garments, in two pieces. Never ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's a shirt now, and I love it, and I wear it. Uh, but I have to tell about the Yoka Boyka classic striped shirt that it has recently seen a huge comeback because teens in Finland love it. Oh. So it used to be huge in 60s, 70s, and now it's big again. I um, feel like the 60s and 70s are really having their moment right now, mm -hmm. fashion-wise. The 70s, and then oddly, like, grunge 90s. which yeah, is, I feel like all the decades. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, all coming together, and it's, like, yeah. everybody's, like, I, like, everybody I know, all ranges of ages are, like, I used to wear that when I was a kid, mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm, so, I'm kind of excited for some of this stuff, because I was, like, I loved that, like, yeah. the jumpsuit th little yeah. things, those are my yeah. favorite. <laughs> but I uh, I really love the Marimekko stripey things, uh, all kinds of shows, because they are kind of, like, Finnish uniform, and that's why... I love to wear them here in the States. Yeah, because it feels like yeah. home. Yes, and yeah. it's like waving a Finnish flag in the yeah. street. <laughs> I love that now I will recognize it when I'm out. Because before, you know, it's like everything on the show, we learn about something new. And then you like Bader Meinhof, you just like see, yeah, it, everywhere see it everywhere that you yeah. go. And I Well, hope I recently learned what is a beanie bear from your show. <laughs> <laughs> so... It works both ways. It was, I still have this odd thing when I go to a sale and I see a bunch of beanie babies. Some part of my beanie brain babies, goes, sorry, those yeah. are valuable. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're not gonna be. <laughs> I can't get away from them. I went through a box of stuff I had from my childhood 
and there was a beanie baby and i was like son of a bitch leave me alone i don't want these bean filled things yeah, they're coming for you <laughs> well what vintage fashion tips do you have for somebody that's just beginning to look for pieces like what are your like cornerstones when you go shopping when you're looking for stuff what rule book do you follow i don't have any rules i'm all over the place i love and surprisingly i'm not like a crazy shopper anymore because i've done my part in my life (laughs) i think i have like a storage space here in new york and then i have our home in helsinki and i have my suitcase here <laughs> or two so I have like I have enough clothes for my rest of my life but <laughs> so I'm not like crazy shopper anymore but uh, what I would suggest that if you are really new to vintage uh, I would just should start with accessories because they are easy to wear size doesn't matter mm-hmm. and they can be relatively cheap especially jewelry like there is so much vintage jewelry mm-hmm. no reason to buy new at all and jewelry it comes like in all styles and shapes and forms there is you know you're bound to find something fun at every yeah. thrift store and vintage store also handbags are fun to buy vintage and we've had this mini mini bag trend for some years now like uh, i think i love the uh, like handbag revival Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see like all like young younger women wearing cute little handbags here in New York, pretty much. So um, those are easy to buy vintage. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like if you just love a color, a pattern, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those. I think it's all. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, you should guide with what makes you happy. Like I loved in your email when you wrote about your pleated pants, and you were just like, "They're my happy pants." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I seriously call them my happy pants, and uh, uh, Liz Baga, from whom I bought those pants, she she definitely knows that they are my happy pants. So. <laughs> I have happy shoes. I and this was like my hot button question, which is selfish for me just to get approval. <laughs> I during the pandemic, I had an Instagram ad for a pair of Crocs, and I just like pushed it to the side, and then the the staying home continued and I was like, basically fuck it. And I bought these Crocs and they are bright floral poppy Crocs. They're white with flowers and they make me so happy. I wear them all the time, but I get so much shit for wearing Crocs and now they're coming back. They're having, they're very fashionable. Are they not? Yes, they are. (laughs) Oh my God. I would love to uh, own a pair of Crocs. So Mm -hmm. there you go. See, (laughs) they are. Yes. And they're, they're my, every time I wear them to other people go, Oh, I love those. And I'm like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> people don't know. And, but uh, I feel like that's what I want to believe that if you get like not so nice comments about your style, because sometimes you do get mm-hmm. like, not necessarily like outside in the street, but maybe like online or, or when I post photos, uh, for my street style pages, you know, not everyone likes them. Mm-hmm. I always like to think that. Uh, those people are just unsecure about their own style and they would actually love to be the person in the photo mm-hmm. wearing those funny crocs and mm-hmm. neon green isamia kipleets pants. <laughs> so good. And mm. bright tights and different textures. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on the, the comments that when people give comments on anybody's outward appearance, it's just ref- it's just deflecting what they feel. Yes, but they yeah. won't. They won't put a voice to. Mm. 
And it, yeah, I loved, I was so like, we, when Jill and I were looking through the pictures of street photography that you've taken, we both were like, man, I need to be not necessarily braver, but just like, just do it. Don't, don't be worried about it because everybody has their own shit to worry about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't question it so much. Yeah. Be, be you. Like yeah. be more you. Yeah. yeah. Dress for yourself. Yeah. Yes. And I, before we get into the estate sale walkthrough, um, we know what GemApp is because we've talked to you and we've done our research. But will you tell our listeners about all of the great things with GemApp? And where to find it? Yes. So uh, Gem, what it is, it's a search engine for all online vintage and secondhand clothing and accessories. And how it works is that you type in what you are looking for. It can be, for example, uh, Marimekko dress or it can be uh, neon green pants. Mm -hmm. And then Gem shows you results from various marketplaces and online stores. And currently we are indexing over 30 million items. So there is a lot. And we are actually, every week we are uh, adding new stores as we go and the stores find us or we find them. So it's like the easiest way to find things online now. So you don't need necessarily to open like all the apps and visit like a zillion different uh, online stores when you are searching for something because Gem brings all of them into one user-friendly search. It's so and good. It, it is a website and an app and it's both on, uh, it's also for Android and it's for iPhone. And yeah, and you can save your items and you can set uh, email alerts if you're really hunting for something. So you could <sighs> email notifications when there are new items listed. And then we also have a weekly blog where we are posting about everything vintage related. Yeah. I I love it. And I loved one of the things that really struck me when I was scrolling through it is that there's no like promoted stores. It's like really a free vintage market for everybody. So you could find stuff for maybe a reseller that has a fairly large business and their prices reflect the popularity of their sales to anybody that is maybe just getting into the reselling game and is more cost effective, budget friendly. Yeah, it's we trouble. have all yeah, we have all kinds of stores. And also we want to have like more affordable items and more like expensive items because I, we just want people to shop less new and mm-hmm. choose more second hand, choose used first. So that's why we are not like curating uh the search, but we have like everything as long as it's used and it's clothing and accessories. It's, and we are like, and uh, how it works is that we don't want to promote any stores because we just want you to find the item that you are looking for. So we just want try to match your search as as well as possible. And so we are go, we are uh, as the you know we are going to improve the search gradually. So it's gonna get even better. <laughs> oh, it's like a rabbit hole every time I get on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like <laughs> I just scroll and then I'm like ooh. Oh, I didn't know I needed this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. I love that I now have a place. If I see something like in a picture or I see something on Pinterest or somewhere on Instagram and I'm like, I want that shirt, but I know it's vintage. Now I can go and yes. type in vintage, whatever. 
that I'm after. And I love like the, I'm looking for a brand new pair, not a new pair of Doc Martens, but a better, another pair to roll into my wardrobe. But I would prefer to buy them used one so I don't have to break them in because it's a bitch. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. And two, I love to buy secondhand. So I love now that I can set email alerts because oh, that's trouble. I know. That's trouble. I have told several of my friends about it and one of my friends was like her husband texted me and he's like you're in trouble and i'm like what i do (laughs) sorry you showed her this app and there's been packages left and right and i'm like it's right it's all second hand like not yeah it's fine and i like that it's supporting real people and Mm -hmm. not just some giant mega corporation that Made a ton of money off of a global pandemic because everybody was home and shopping. Yeah. But that's... Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, what I should also, of course, add that it's free to use. It's free to download. Yeah, you did a very well job. Thank you. Yeah. So it's me and my husband. We are a small team, but uh, we are effective. You do, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Troublesome things for my wallet and other people's wallets. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, like... Oh, yes. I I forgot to... uh, tell you where you can find it so online it's a website called gem.app and on app stores you can type in gem search and you will find it yes and we of course will have that linked the um, apple android and website all linked on the mothball prophecies website as well as lisa's social meet lisa's social media because we want you guys to be able to find stuff whether you're listening to this when it comes out or you're working your way through the backlog of episodes because i i hope every single listener of our show goes to check this app out because it really is. I mean, think about how perfect this is going to be like a month before Halloween <laughs> or like our cocktail hours when yes, we want to find stuff to, because we do themed cocktail hours for the show to be able to go and find something. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. It's, I can't wait. Yeah. I like shopping. It's trouble. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But and also like with the pandemic still going on, mm-hmm. uh, I think some of us might feel more comfortable shopping online. Than yes. Yeah. Definitely. And especially being able to shop vintage online and not have like a bunch of crazy fees and a bunch of different, you know, you're going through thousands of different websites and resellers and different things like that. I think it's just, I think you guys really hit the nail on the head in finding something that was very, very much missing in the world of online vintage. And I just am so thankful that it's there to use. Um, one of the things that Jill is never thankful for no. is the estate sale walkthrough. No. Ever. Every time. And this is the first like fashiony one. And so I'm just going to say on the top, I did not include any brand names because I know about this much about fashion and names and what something is. So um, with every estate sale walkthrough, they are completely manufactured and made up. And the beauty of this not having any names is if you know something in that (laughs) realm, you go, oh, is it this? It most definitely is that. Mark Jacobs, (laughs) Gucci, Coach, Chanel, whatever you want them to be. Can't wait. It's definitely there. And today we're digging in a place that we have yet to go because we don't have them here. So we're taking advantage of visiting you on the East Coast and we're going to the bins at the Goodwill. Okay. That is like on my like Mm -hmm. wish list big time. So we are wearing masks and gloves (laughs) out of safety purposes. We are caffeinated. (laughs) We're hyped up and we're ready to start digging and we may, we're trying not to fight each other. Okay. (laughs) 
we're in the game okay we're ready to put in some work we've set the entire day aside and we all drove our own vehicles so we're here to mess it up the first row of bins we come to is sneakers we dig through to find our first pairs do you choose to take home vintage converse high tops reeboks or nikes which shoes do you pick converse fast I love Converse. Okay, this is taking uh, some time from me, but uh, okay. Here we, comes were, my... we were friends until the sneaker question. The look <laughs> yeah. Lisa just gave me through the Zoom. I like. Was like cute. No, okay. I'm going to choose the pair that is the most colorful one. Okay, so it's between the Reeboks and Nikes because we're throwing it back to mid-90s. Oh. Yeah, um, actually, I, I've been thinking about buying a new pair of sneakers and, and I... If you go to uh, my Hello Looks website, there is the cover photo. So it means that the last photo that I was able to take mm-hmm. this past summer when I was in Helsinki. And this boy is wearing a pair of sneakers and they are the pair that I would buy next if I, when I need to buy a new oh, pair. They're there. That's what these shoes are. So, um, so maybe it's Reebok then. <laughs> I think and for me I like Converse but my feet have changed so the flatness of Converse no longer works for me because I stand on my feet all day long so I would probably choose uh, my ideal vintage sneaker would be a black and white Nike oh, good choice. for like because I love all black yeah so that's what I'm going with for okay. sure but uh, we all got something yes, yes. No, no fight no, no fighting. fighting not this time The next bin of shoes is a smorgasbord. Do you take home? There's chunky clogs with wood or rubber soles, fuzzy faux fur sandals, or leather flats. Clogs. Ooh, me too. Clogs all the way. Uh, mm, I'm going to go with the fuzzy faux sandals. (laughs) (laughs) They're bright too. Super bright. That's what I want. I love, I love clogs. Those are... Essential. I love them all. Yeah. Shoes are my weakness. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. I need to have big shoes. If they are flat and tiny, I feel like I'm not like grounded enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need yes. to be like the base of my outfit. The yeah. bigger, the better. Oh, I love and sneakers, that. the uglier, the better. I love it. <laughs> I had this pair. This is sidebar, but I had this pair of shoes I used to teach as an educator for a hair company. And I had these gigantic demonia platform combat boots with spider webs on the, oh, do you remember yes, those? I do. And they have a great big rounded Very, toe and they were yes. like this tall. They were they like were four fantastic. inches and I would wear them to work and people would be like, Oh, I love your Halloween shoes. And I just turn around and be like, bitch, these aren't <laughs> Halloween shoes. These are everyday <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Like, and they were so light. They were, Oh man, I need to break them back out. Yes, um, it just yeah. makes work difficult because I'm used to everything being at a certain height and my chair only goes so high. Know, so you can't be higher than <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like, oh, whoops, I did it to myself. <laughs> so the next bin we make it to are the textile bins. We are looking for fabric for garments, okay? Do you pick pinstriped linen? It could be in any color. Floral linen or color-blocked linen? I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're not sorry. I'm going to go floral linen. I would need to know like what kind of color blocks. Is it bright colors or pastels? Bright. Like a red, blue and yellow Mm -hmm. bright. Okay, floral then. Yeah. (laughs) So the color block is super bright. The floral's a little bit more not muted, but contemporary. Okay, florals because anything floral is always a good choice. 
I'm going to get a jumpsuit made out of mine. I'm going to go with the pinstripe. Oh, that's very nice. Because I you. want a skirt made. Like yes. a big, like, drapey skirt. Yes. Now the next bin is what the trim pieces are in to trim out this fabric choice for your garment. Ooh. Do you choose lace, tulle, or no trim and just leave it a regular edge? I'm going to go tulle. Ooh. Make it fluffy. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a skirt, but uh-huh. uh, no trimming for me. I'm going to uh, make a corset top. <gasps> oh, oh, I love so it. It doesn't need any trimmings. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I'm going to pick lace so I can make a lace Peter Pan collar for my <gasps> jumpsuit. Ooh. Oh, so cute. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the floral and the little lace? I love a Peter Pan collar. Me too. Oh, yeah. I love a Peter Pan collar. Sorry, t- sorry, Jill. No, your skirt's gonna look so cute. Oh, it is gonna be cute. Cute little crop top. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. What I'm and your do. Converse. Yeah. Hello. You have a whole outfit. Already. I know. Ready to now go. I need somebody to actually make this pretend outfit for Spell me. Spell check. <laughs> she know, we're, our copy editor is a brilliant seamstress, and she. This is you. You have your. You have your task now. Spell check. <laughs> My skirt now. Now we're off to pick a few random odds and ends outside of the fashion world. This is a two-part question. So we go to pick through the decor items. There are three bins to choose from. Do you choose to dig through the wood and wicker bin, the ceramic and glass, or plastics? Ceramic and glass. Oh, she was quick on that one. Yes. I'm going to go wood and wicker. (gasps) And I'm going to go plastic because I'm looking for something in particular. (laughs) So the wood and wicker, Jill... Do you pick hanging planter or shelf? Any styling that you Ooh, want. Hanging planter. <gasps> Cute. All right, Lisa. Do you pick from the ceramic or glass bins vases in various sizes or sculptural pieces of ceramic? Oh, my God. You know, I used to collect like Bambi anything. <gasps> oh. Little Bambi sculptures. So I, I completely forgot this. Uh, <laughs> Until, Until today. Just now <laughs> yeah, making it yeah. choose from your childhood. So, um, okay, maybe I'm more functional now. I've been decorating like for decades. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to go for vases because then it's a good reason for me to buy more fresh flowers and Ooh. there's nothing better than fresh flowers. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's a great choice. I'm a sucker for ceramic and glass vases. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a problem. Um, I went with plastic. And it's because I'm after uh, postmodern pantry organizers, like the bright colored pieces Ooh. of plastic. Oh, cool. So cool. that or frames. I really where I'm going to put a gallery wall coming down my stairs and I want to find all the ridiculous frames that I could find. Yeah. We're on the hunt. for. We're those. on the hunt for frameies. Mm-hmm. That's all. I didn't. I tried to make it torturous enough it was. for everybody today. It, no, I just want to go drifting. I yeah. know. Every time we do this, I want to go shopping. Mm. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully with the world now being vaccinated and things kind of maybe slowing down jill has her i am 100 percent vaccinated she's vaccinated only because oh. i'm a nurse so i have oh. to be so yeah i was Congratulations. happy yes i was very cool. grateful that i was going to be able to get vaccinated yes so here's hoping um i can't wait to share everything about you with our listeners oh, i just yeah. i love what you're doing i love what you're creating i love your aesthetic I just love it yes, all. You have two new fans for life. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And your podcast has 
a new old friend because I already <laughs> discovered you some time ago. But <laughs> when did the you more first... I listen to you, the bigger fan I am. So oh, thank you. Your, your fan is growing. <laughs> when did you first find us? I'm just curious. This is for my own. Uh, it was when I started researching for my uh, blog post about podcasts. Oh, I That's just... when it happened. So it was a couple of uh, months ago, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Because I, then I started listening to all the podcasts that I found and, you know, it, sometimes it takes time yeah. <laughs> if there are a lot of episodes. So I didn't yeah. reach out to you immediately. Yeah, it's hard. Um, you know, when we were creating the show, I wanted a vintage podcast to listen to that I liked and found valuable and was similar to who I am as a person. And there really wasn't anything mm -mm. really like that. And so I wanted, I wanted to create an inclusive community for every everybody that's collecting whether they're new to it they've done it for 40 years they've done it for a decade i want everybody to find something with our show and mostly find their community in their home mm -hmm. and a safe space to land yeah mm -hmm. that's what we hope for yeah. that's what we were aiming that's wonderful for. thanks well thanks for reaching out to us yes. i'm so glad we were able to do this today yes and i'm glad my voice held out the whole time <laughs> Yeah. Very this was super fun and inspiring. Thank you. Oh, oh no. no thank thank you. you so much. Really. And stay tuned to hear more about the things we talked about today in Lisa's episode in the Curio Corner. Lisa Jokinen. She was like, she's the woman we all want to be. Yeah. Oh, also. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were, we had a bit of a week this week here at the Mothball Prophecies and Jill and I were enjoying our morning coffee and went, we, we, we didn't record this yet. Like, huh? <sighs> no, we totally did. No, we talked about it. So you may hear my tiny assistant in the background requiring my assistance for his tablet. Hashtag mom life. Hashtag mom life. But we... We talked to Lisa, Lisa this week, and I was, we were both tickled pink when she reached out to us to feature us on Gem App. Yeah, that was a shock to the system. Mm -hmm. And then to sit down, and we had so much fun talking with her that morning, and like hearing, you know, we always talk about like, or I don't always, we always talk about it on the show, but we talk about it like wearing vintage fashion and making it accessible and thinking, and I guess like sometimes my brain gets stuck in thinking about vintage fashion as decades instead of just wearing a piece and making it modern. So I think we just forget that we don't have to wear a certain piece a certain way if we like it, just wear it. Yeah, that is. And I, you know, ever since we spoke with her, I was like, okay, I need to set aside a day that I go and just shop at a couple of local thrift stores that have good clothing sections mm -hmm. so that I can find some nice staple pieces. And also, I started looking more on Gem App for pieces that I know I'll wear, which is cool. I wanted, I wouldn't looked up uh, vintage Doc Martens the other day, and it's trouble. It's trouble. I know. I went and looked up uh, vintage, vintage Hawaiian skirts. And I'm just like, <laughs> trouble. Oh, I was like, oh. And then I found this cute little red uh, shirt and short pair. I was like, hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing I hate about online shopping, and it's a personal issue, is I have to try them on mm -hmm. because just because I like it doesn't mean it's gonna I'm gonna like it on me. For sure. But this oh, it's so cute. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get it. And then I'm like, no, I'm not gonna Yes. I'm <laughs> well, I guess if you get it, you could always relist it. Well, and that's just the other thing. Like 
I don't. I I'm a, to that point too. Is like, who cares if I think it's cute on me? That's exactly. I saw something the other day that was like, put an outfit, like lay your outfit out on the floor, see if you like it, and then put it on and only you can only give yourself like 10 seconds in front of the mirror and it's like if you feel good in it just walk out the house like don't beat yourself up about what you're wearing just put it on and call it good yeah and i that's just like her photography her street style photography it's it's amazing how people were just you could tell that they cared but at the same sense they didn't care like it's just them this is what they're comfortable in and they yeah just like you could see that confidence coming through the picture well they loved the way they layered so many different pieces and we'll have of course we'll have all of that linked on the instagram post today as well as our website so you can go down the rabbit hole that is all of these individual fashion statements that these people are making because they were incredible so one of the things that we talked about in her episode that because she really like all of our guests does a great job covering her collection Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that we talk about is Mary Mecco. And Mary Mecco is a Finnish design company that was established in the early 1950s. And I am going to do my best to say this person's name. It's very Finnish. Um, I'm just going to use her first name, which is Fuoko. And Vuoko was a designer at Mary Mecco, but only for a couple of years. She wasn't even there for a decade. And she was born February 12th, 1930. And she's a textile designer that's very well known now. But in the beginning of her career, she was a ceramic artist. And that's how she was trained is as a ceramicist. And so as she's in university in the early 19, in the 1940s, she is learning ceramics and learning all of the patterns and stuff that go along with it. And then she gets this interest in fashion. She gets this interest in fashion design and the patterns that go, that kind of mirror in textiles as well as pottery. And Mm -hmm. so she takes this like pattern cutting class, tailoring class and learns about pattern cutting and all of that stuff and starts to make, she then that's when her love for fashion kind of turns into a career for her. And right as she's out of college and university, she goes to Mary Mecco to work as a designer with this brand new design brain. And she decides that she's going to start designing clothing that kind of breaks the mold of what traditional fashion was at the time in Finland. So she decided, because at the time, girdles and corsets and all of those things were still very like fashion needed to be something that didn't make the shape of your body, but showed the shape of somebody's personality. So she took away the boxy, like, or the fitted style of clothing. It was like, no, let a woman wear bold colors, bold patterns, stripes. And let a woman breathe. Right. She wanted things to be comfortable. She didn't want them to include a bunch of seams. She didn't want them to be too tight and constricting. And she was one of the first people to like mix bright colors, bright patterns. And then she would take a pattern for a design and say it was running vertically. She would turn it horizontally and run the pattern against itself so that it would create all these different shapes within the garment with Mm -hmm. the same fabric. And so she was with Mary Mecco for, I think about seven or eight years. And then she left Mary Mecco and started her own design company in 1964, which is Vuoco. And that went for a couple of years 
And then it's then shifted to another design house. She is still alive, still designing. You can still search all of her designs and the influence that she's had in finished fashion online and buy it for yourself. And she's just the coolest lady. She's got this cute gray bob, big glasses. I had fun researching her this morning. And I mean, of course, there's a lot more than what we're covering here in the curio corner. But I love that she was like, nope, we're going to do something different. Oh, and there was an interesting thing she did. She created all of these designs, right? And they started to gain popularity. Well, Jackie Kennedy bought eight dresses from the Mary Mecco company of Vuoco and wore them. And that's what bridged the gap from Finland to the United States. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's well, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about the gem app because we can that top combination that um, Lisa had on. Mm-hmm. I found that dress <gasps> on the gym app. Oh. It is way out of my budget. Yeah. But I was just like, now I'm just drooling over it. Like, okay, well, if yeah, I sell this. <laughs> then I can have this. I know I was looking at, cause I really love, she was wearing that, the Mary Mecco or the Vuoco top that had the vertical lines the black and white lines yeah that's the one i found oh nice find i know but it's it's three hundred dollars oh yeah so that's going to be one of those like find in the wilds yeah mm-hmm. but it's so nice like i get like with this show it's so nice to find something else to keep an eye out for yes because how many times have we seen those mary moko mary moko or vuoko patterns right and we just passed them up because you know the history behind them or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and it's super bright. And then, like we, you and I were talking this week when I saw you to do your hair, and I had put a one outfit on in the morning, and then I changed because I didn't. I was like, I put everything on, and this is what I did. I looked at it too long because I had like yeah. a cute, like I had my Melco leather shirt crop top with a denim dress that buttons all the way down the front, a long drapey duster, and my Doc Martens, and a cute bun like what I have today. And I was like ready to go. And then I was like, no, I don't know who she is, but that's not me right now. <laughs> we got it. I know. And, that, and that's what's hard for me because I wear scrubs all week long. And then come the weekend and I'm like, nope, can't, can't do this. Right. Can't do I this. Just, as I'm sitting here in a zippered gingham nighty and my house sweater. This is my um, divorcee sweater. That's like, give me my money, Jim. <laughs> but we talked about, you know, uh, it's one of the things we've realized during the show is that there's different places and names of course there is for thrifting reselling in other countries and other places yeah and one that she said that pretty much started it all for her was oof which is uff and um so it's so that stands for this long very finnish uh (laughs) name that i'm not gonna say because no, we me. know that I will butcher it like nobody's business, and I don't want to offend our fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. But right. it's so it's an actual um, non-for-profit, non-governmental humanitarian foundation. The activities were launched in 1987. The foundation purpose is to contribute to and enable and promote ecological, social, and economic sustainability in the world in order to enable people, especially the less privileged, to increase their possibilities for reaching their full potential as human and social beings. The foundation has a 
vision of social, economically sustainable, fair world where everyone has an opportunity to choose to take responsibility, positive actions. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so it goes on to like all this other stuff. But um, there's actually 21 secondhand shops in the largest cities in Finland. There's 12 in Helsinki. And then the rest are in other cities that I, again, cannot pronounce that I'm not going to try. Sorry, Finland. Um, Yes. It's not your fault. It's mine. (laughs) It's not you. It's me. And it's cool because um, there's a lot of reviews on these stores and everybody just talks about how awesome they are and how um, so many options they have. And um, one person said that it was one of the best stores to find secondhand and used stuff. Wow. And it's just, it's, I want to say it's almost feel like, like, like the Goodwills in the mm. United States. Mm-hmm. And because um, I know growing up, we used to go to Goodwill all the time. Yeah. When we lived in California and um, like, I remember going to flea markets and all that kind of stuff, getting secondhand stuff. But, um, and it's just, I don't know. I think for people like they get scared because it is used. And Mm -hmm. so they just, it's the who wore this before kind of thing, but anything you give a good wash to. Right. And there's lots of great tutorials online on how to wash vintage secondhand clothing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I mean, it's, there's fast fashion is such a problem just for the for the safety of the world you know creating these garments to only be wearing for a season and then to be thrown away they don't last as long you know they get holes they wear they're very cheaply made it's like last a couple of years ago i was like i am only going to shop secondhand for these pieces I'm not going to buy them new if i don't have to and like changing my mindset on where i was going to find my clothing really helped in just like not making it an option to just like shop online or shop in, you know, Target or wherever for stuff. The only things I do buy, I would say relatively new, it would be like a good pair of jeans that are like sustainably made if I can do that. Yeah. I'm really, yeah, I'm trying to change. I, I usually like a lot of the tops I have, I'll try to buy vintage and stuff like that or secondhand, but I'm so used to the way certain clothes fit on my body that mm-hmm. I know what looks good on me. And honestly, like the clothes that were made in like the fifties and sixties are just not no. for me. Mm-mm. No, not for me either. It's not, I don't have that body shape. No. And I get really mad, especially like when some of our friends wear cute little vintage tops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hate you, mm-hmm. but you're adorable. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I am like, all right, let's let's find a way to make this work for me with modern stuff or finding a pattern to like sew something, like she said, if I can, or I call my mom. <laughs> mom. Like, mom, can you help me? Or spell check, I call spell check too. Can you help me make this? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I hope that it just shows that there's other options out there. Yeah, and there's, you know, one of the things that I've done too is like take your measurements. Take your measurements. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on like sizing or sizes that you've always worn, like find a good diagram, take your measurements and keep them in the notes on your phone. And then if you do go shopping for vintage, either online or in person, take a tape measure with you or like a fabric, like the soft ones, and then measure the garment in the places that it's going to hit your body. So you can Mm -hmm. see like without having tried on, especially right now with COVID, a lot of dressing rooms are not open. 
measure the waist, measure those things, see if it's going to fit and try it that way. I found some really great pieces shopping online by shopping from my measurements. Yeah. And that's, um, and remember like a lot of the people, when they do measure their stuff, they measure them flat. So it's half of you. And so that's a thing that a lot of people don't realize because, um, I was looking at something. It took me the longest time. And I'm like, 13 inches? Who the hell has a 13-inch waist? Right. And then I was like, oh, Jill. And then add the back part, which is also mm-hmm. 13 inches. Or like the I first time. I don't have a 26-inch waist, but. <laughs> right. Or the first time I saw P2P, PTP, which is pit to pit. To pit. <laughs> I was like, PTP? I don't have that measurement. Where do I find that measurement on my body? I know I was like, and I'm like, okay, sh- no, not shoulder, because, and I'm like, patella, like your <laughs> knee, like where are you measuring your knees? Patella to patella, this is my <laughs> patella patella measurement. But that was pretty much the the curios for yeah. Miss Lisa. She, um, it's been funny because a lot of um, our guests have just been really well knowledge in what they like and. I mean, we all go down that rabbit hole when we find something we love and we need to know everything about it. Mm-hmm. But I hope this was eye-opening for our viewers to know that you don't have to follow the rules. No. Wear, wear what you want to wear. Dress like a four-year-old who was told to go yes. get dressed in their bedroom for school. Part your hair wherever you want to part it. Mm-hmm. Except for I cannot do a middle part. I can't. No. I just can't. I'm I sorry. Just, I mean, Gen Z... You're adorable with it, but mm-hmm. I can't do it. And I can't. I also um, am not going back to low rise jeans or jeans that I had to drag through the fucking snow and like, <laughs> wear the back out of. Okay. I'm not doing it. If anything, I'm just going to crop them. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. My butt and thighs look better in a skinny jean yeah, same. than not. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm about <laughs> comfort now. I'm a mom. So. Gen Z, we're going to leave it to you. We're going to leave this. Um, also, you're shopping out of my 90s Delia catalog, essentially. So it's okay. I know. I do enjoy seeing you all wearing my 90s wish list. Yes, it's nice. Glad that it, that, that era is making its uh, debut because it technically was a while ago. So and, and and then I'm like, what? Why is that? And then I'm like, oh God, yeah. that's been a while. Yeah, it wasn't ten years ago anymore. No, thirty, thirty. <laughs> God. Ugh. We had this week. Um, Hayden Peters' Patreon episode came out, and yes. we take a deep dive into the history behind uh, Jewels of Sentiment and Moments of Sentiment. It's a really great episode. To join our Patreon, you can visit the link in our Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies Original. We have a tier for everybody to join on there. And we want to take a moment to thank our patrons. We are able to host the show and pay for our editor with your gracious Patreon subscriptions. We really yes. appreciate it. Very much, guys. We have some exciting things coming up for the month of March. Um, we have things coming up the end of spring, working with a couple of former guests on some interesting and fun exclusive merch for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. All of the merch options come out first on the Patreon before they launch to everybody else. So if you want to see what we're up to behind the scenes, it's a great place to see that. Today, we want to thank Scar in Space. <laughs> Because it doesn't say where they're at. So I put them in space. Yeah. They're on Mars with the rover. Yeah, they're on the rover. 
Julia in Sweden. Jasmine in Kentucky. Kyla in Indiana. Mandy. And Riley in California. TC Lionel. Melissa. Christina. Erica. Becky. And Ashley in the good old state of Idaho. Of course, to join our Patreon and see the tiers listed, visit the link tree in our Instagram bio. A gigantic big fat thank you to our support team, Gray, for making us sound good every week. And Spellcheck for making us sound super intelligent. And good on all written things. All written. As always, we hope you find some good shit. And we hope you remember to look under the tables. Bye. See ya. Bye.